welcome back to you know what i've been wondering i'm sarah i'm jane this is our final episode recorded together in person (laughs) that's so sad i mean you know this is just a guaranteed way to get you to talk to me (laughs) you know yeah, it's the only way. The only way I have to keep you in my life. That's not. <laughs> I know. I'm joking. That's such a lie. Oh, that's a joke. That's a joke. That Are you excited? I don't know. I think it's a like. I don't regret going to grad school. Like, so I think that's a good decision for me. I'm just. I'm very sad to be going. Yeah, but that's natural. Yeah, the natural cycle of life. Yeah, I feel like it's the end of a like movie where the best friends are one of them's moving mm-hmm. which is what's happening maybe but, it's the beginning like of the sisterhood of the traveling sleepover pants. movie <gasps> maybe yeah oh <sighs> i love the sleepover movie. that's such a good movie i don't know i think i'm i have like ptsd from um moving a lot as a child so, right like <laughs> right that makes sense that checks out <laughs> <laughs> um I just have, like, a fear of change in general. Yeah, but... Sleepover's right behind you. It's right next to Lizzie McGuire movie. Oh, um, my gosh. Two amazing films. Yeah, clearly you can see my priorities as a child. <laughs> right next to The Incredibles and Harry Potter. And Step Up. I've never <laughs> seen Step Up. Oh, it's so good. Princess Diaries. Yeah, see, that's a good collection. Ooh, and it's the Princess Diaries too. Yeah. It is a good collection. <laughs> a good film collection. Well, I'm very proud of you, and I think you're going to do a great job. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like, you still have to talk to me every week, so, <laughs> you know, something's yes, never yes, changed. Yes, 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 And now we'll have more things to talk about besides being like, today I watched Jane eat an apple. <laughs> <laughs> so that's nice. Yeah. Uh, so. Are you doing okay? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to miss you. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, Everyone's moving. There's still a pandemic, you know. <sighs> Just like the world's still on fire. Is yeah. Is what I'm saying. But that's fine. I'm excited to do this episode today. I have a very special surprise for you in the middle that I'm really looking forward to. Okay. I can't wait. So, yeah. That's I'm looking good because I think we both have kind of heavy topics. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have a really light middle. Okay. So. <laughs> You can you can just start and everyone can look forward to that. Okay. Well, my topic is incels and I'm just going to put a huge trigger warning at the beginning of this cuz there's a lot of um discussion of violence mm-hmm. and misogyny and scary things. So Okay. Just Thank like you. be forewarned. I got some of this information from Wikipedia, but I got a lot from this article on Vox written by this guy named Zach Beecham mm-hmm. who interviewed a lot of of incels Mm -hmm. mostly anonymously online so Mm -hmm. a lot of them are like these are just like pseudonyms and Mm -hmm. things like that but it's a very um informative article that i encourage everybody to look at themselves okay incels (laughs) when the term incel was coined as a term and the communities um that identify as incels uh were started it had really innocent intentions One man who refers to himself only by his online handle, Reformed Incel, was interviewed for this article, (laughs) and uh, he had a lot to say. He was cool. Um, He explained his experience. He said that in the late 90s, he was a teenager who was shy and too introverted to feel fully comfortable in the real world. So he went online to look for web forms to meet other people who felt the same. He found a community of people who felt awkward in real life, particularly when it came to sex and dating. He described 
it as a, a kind of social justice warrior community Ugh. where men who didn't know how to talk to women could ask the community of female members for advice. Okay. Yeah. They described their romantic troubles using the phrase, quote, involuntary celibacy. Okay. Which was later shortened to incel. Mm-hmm. Decades later, the incel, and incel is a much darker and more dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. Reformed incel says that rage has completely taken over the yeah. community. Yeah. Today's incels are almost entirely men and boys who post in their online forums with statements blaming women for their sexless lives. Ironically, the incel community was founded by a politically progressive queer woman. Oh. I know. Her name is Alana, and she keeps her last name private, and she's an artist and consultant based in Toronto. For much of her young adult life, she began, she found dating to be terrifying, and she said the rules were confusing, and she was struggling with her sexuality. When she was in college in the early 90s, she began identifying as bisexual, but she didn't have her first actual relationship until she was 24. It happened to be with a woman. Um, her experience with her, like, rocky start to the dating world made her want to help others. Mm -hmm. So she launched a website called Alana's Involuntary Celibacy Project, and it was considered to be an online haven for people who wanted to have romantic relationships but couldn't. And she spent a couple of years monitoring the chats on the website and offering advice. Uh, But like I said before, there was many women on the site who were just like offering advice to not just men, but just people who were single and were struggling to find connections. Yeah. So it started off, you know, in kind of a hopeful way. Um, She quickly realized that she didn't think she was, like, an authority that could really help these people. Mm -hmm. And she wasn't really helping their lives in any way, so she kind of lessened her involvement. And then she ceased all involvement in the year 2000 because she kind of saw it getting away from her and she uh, didn't think that she was in control anymore. Yeah. Um, today she is horrified by what the group has turned into. When she left, did she shut down the website or did she not have that power? I don't know. Like, I can shut down our website anytime I want. I mean, there are so many forms not just on that website. Right. They most, like, they use Reddit. Right, even if she had yeah. deleted the website, like, some sort of forum would have yeah. still existed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the incel community has numbers somewhere in the tens of thousands. Ugh. Uh, The group was founded as an open-minded support group, and now it's an online forum where praise for mass killers is tolerated and normalized. Yikes. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, They follow a profoundly sexist ideology that they call the black pill, which, yes, is a reference to the Matrix. Ugh. Like the red pill, blue pill. Yeah. They were like, no, there's a third one. It's the black pill, and that's what we follow. It's terrible. Um, the black pill is essentially a fundamental rejection of women's sexual emancipation, labeling women shallow, cruel creatures who choose only the most attractive men if given the choice. When, uh, while the black pill can lead to horrible violence, mm-hmm. which the mass media focuses heavily on, a lot of people say that they're ignoring the fact that, like, we're working on controlling acts of terrorism and keeping them from happening. There's more subtle things that are, are like, ruining um, day-to-day life. Um, yeah. There, yeah, there are more subtle and pervasive threats. Um, there are threats that incels will commit acts of everyday violence, ranging from harassment to assault and the general mistreatment of women. Mm-hmm. 
one in cell that <laughs> Zach Beecham interviewed, he refers to as Abe. He is a 19-year-old boy, which, again, that's so young. Yeah. Um, uh, and he spoke about how he recalls throwing a ninth birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese and none of the classmates he invited showed up and his mother cried. In young adulthood, he developed a crush on his female best friend. Uh, after a while, he asked her out and she said yes, but after a month of dating, she cheated on him with her ex and then got engaged to that ex. <gasps> and he's only 19? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't put that together. I was like, what? That's so young. Yeah. Um, he, Abe looked to the internet for support. He found the incel community on Reddit and he said the subreddit showed him how manipulative some women can be when seeking validation. And they are, in his words, emotional tampons. Oh, my God. He claims that he just wants a girlfriend to bake with and hold hands with while watching a movie. He doesn't believe it will happen anytime soon. He posts almost daily on Reddit, um, frequenting subreddits like r slash brain cells, which is just incel with a B-R-A in front of it. Mm-hmm. Um and it's one of the two, like, most popular incel forums. Yeah. And he also frequents r slash forever alone. Um, Beecham found that this is a really typical experience for incels. They're overwhelmingly young men and boys with a history of isolation and rejection who turn to the internet to make sense of their pain. Yeah. There's been no rigorous study of what the actual demographic makeup of the incel community is, but there was an informal poll on the brain cell forum and the results showed that 90 percent of the forum participants were under the age of 30 oh wow yeah they were overwhelmingly men which makes sense because women are banned like on site if you're really yeah if you're found to be a woman you're kicked out of the forums although a few women have snuck in but <laughs> good for them <laughs> yeah, yeah. i was about to say literally as soon as you said that i was like i want to Um, Roughly 80% of the participants lived in North America and Europe. Um, 55% of brain cell contributors contributors are white, but ethnically the other 45% is pretty diverse. But it makes sense that it's largely white, given that they're all from North America or Europe, or 80% of them are from North America and Europe. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Incels claim... That they were drawn to these communities for support because their looks and certain personality traits have ruined their romantic chances. Um, on their pages, they often share stories of personal trauma. A lot of incels identify as autistic, but I think that that's painting autistic people in a yeah. wide brush that's just not true. Yeah. They're yeah. like, I can't get a date because I'm autistic, mm-hmm. and therefore I'm an incel, and I that's just such flawed yeah. logic. Yeah, I agree. Um uh, this one incel who was referred to as Miguel is 20 years old. He says, I was bullied heavily, which led me to develop a severe anxiety and self-hatred. Because of my anxiety, I lack confidence, something women pick up on, and labels me as a loser. Most of the incels I know are around 16 to 30 years old. They have either been bullied, have autism, or are just conventionally unattractive faces. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Um, Alana, who was the founder, yes. um, she herself has gone on to have a happy and romantically fulfilled life. She says, quote, people who haven't had much luck with dating by their mid-twenties, you could be a late bloomer like me. Catching up to the romantic world is a mysterious, indirect process. Romantic connection seems to happen when you find joy in other aspects of life, then share that happiness with other people. Reinformed incel, reformed incel, we love him. We're going to grow to love this guy. <laughs> okay, great. Um, he says that this is the type of advice that drew him to the early forums. 
it was neither exclusively male nor dedicated to fatalistic anti-woman ideology. We cre- quote, we created our own little community and we weren't angry and we certainly weren't going to allow any violent rhetoric. Reinformed Incel now uses the fact that he is in the community to document posts that he sees and spread them around and show people on the outside. Mm-hmm. He emailed hundreds of attachments documenting misogynistic and threatening posts to the writer of this article. Yeah. So he's, like, compiling evidence, basically. Which, yeah. Which, good for him. We've got a spy on the inside. Yeah, good. Um, Hercules? No, like, I was just thinking that, too. <laughs> um, he says that Alana's vision for the incel community was actually what, what it was like in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But in the 2000s, there arose two very prominent incel forums. One was called Incel Support, and it was very in keeping with Alana's way of thinking. And the other was called Love Shy. And, like, all the people that... Are, were like healthy normal people went to incel support and yeah. everybody else went to love shy right um love shy was less strictly moderated and its male users used the platform to vent about women and blame them for their lack of sex the forum was overwhelmingly male and one of the administrators began openly praising killers and encouraging members to commit murder oh my god 4chan yeah which is the anything goes prankster alt-right <laughs> site yeah. um, has a section containing very incel-like ideas Ugh. and so that don't like that brought a lot of people who look at 4chan into the incel community so Don't it's you know. this whole thing is just snowballing yeah um there are a there's a loose group of websites that is just referred to as the quote manosphere <laughs> and <laughs> They are all united by their male-dominant ideologies and provided the incel community with much of their current beliefs. Right. Um, This group of websites in the manosphere includes men's rights activists and... Uh, Yeah. uh, (laughs) I already hate that. Yeah. Okay. And self-titled PUAs, which stands for pickup artists, and those are websites that teach other men how to get women to sleep with them by using insult and psychological manipulation. There's an episode of Bob's Burgers about that. Really? It's really good. It's called Dr. Yap. Oh. Okay, so this is where it's going to get rough. In 2014, a man named Elliot Roger, who is a self-identified incel, went on a killing spree <gasps> in California. Oh, no. Um, he... In what year? In 2014. 2014, okay. Yeah. Um, in Isla... Uh, he did this in Isla Vista, California, mm-hmm. um, and he went on to be someone that incels, like, consider, like, the guy to look up to. Oh, jeez. Um, Roger targeted people that he deemed to be attractive women and sexually successful men, which led to him being posthumously idolized by the incel community, as I just said. His attacks were really a turning point for the incel community. The killer's posts in the forum um, called... PUA hate, mm-hmm. which is a popular online forum where incels complained about PUA tactics that weren't working for them. Which wow, I look wonder at your why. Own, look at your own logic, people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he anyway, he posted in this forum, and his posts were so awful that it caused outsiders who weren't like really brainwashed incels to like get scared and leave the community. Okay. And re- reformed incel said that at this point. Um, People like him felt that their side of the argument had been lost and they gave up and got out of there. Um, Roger posted a series of YouTube videos and a 130-page manifesto, both of which make make the motivations of his attack clear. He says, all I ever wanted was to love women, but their behavior was only 
but their behavior has only earned my hatred. I want to have sex with them and make them feel good, but they would be disgusted at the prospect. They have no sexual attraction towards me. Which, that's a whole other thing. Uh, um, so, and then on April 23rd in 2018, two students at the University of Toronto, Sohei Chung and So Ra, who were roommates, were walking to the library when the driver of a van intentionally drove up on the sidewalk, killing Sohei Chung and nine others and wounding So Ra and 15 others. <gasps> Oh, my God. The driver of the van, Alec Manassian, was intercepted quickly after the attack and repeatedly attempted to provoke the officer to kill them. He even pointed a dark object that was not a gun at the officer and said that it was a gun. And when the officer said he could shoot him, he said, well, then you should do it in the head. Mm. Like, he really wanted the officer to kill him, which just shows that this guy was messed up. Yeah. Um, he was arrested. Um Examining Manassian's social media activity revealed that he publicly identified as an incel on Facebook. Shortly before the attack, he posted Private Recruit Manassian Infantry 00010 wishing to speak to Sergeant 4chan, please. C23249161. The incel rebellion has already begun. We will overthrow all the Chads and the Stacys. All hail the Supreme Gentleman Elliot Roger. Ugh, that's creepy. Elliot Roger is the murderer who we were talking about before. Oh, gotcha. Um, Chad and Stacy are nicknames that are used in incel-related forms to refer to popular, attractive, sexually active men and women. Okay, yeah. And there's a lot more nicknames like that that get racist and are really awful. And, yeah. Um, they have a lot of terms like that. The incel rebellion is a term that's used interchangeably with the term beta uprising or beta male uprising, which refers to a violent response to sexless sexlessness which incels view as sexual deprivation. And a source from the Department of National Defense told the media that those numbers, the C2324961, <laughs> um, was Manassian's military identification number because mm -hmm. he was in training to be in the National Guard. Oh, that's terrifying. Which is scary. That is really scary. Um, Manassian was charged with 10 counts of first-degree murder, 13 counts of attempted murder, and the number of attempted murder charges was increased to 16. Um, he has since retained Toronto criminal lawyer Boris Batensky to represent him, and his trial um, was initially was initially scheduled for February 10th, 2020. Oh. But then it got pushed back, um, I'm not sure the reason, to March 2nd, and then it got pushed back again to April 6th, and then the pandemic happened. Right. So now his trial's been pushed back to November 9th. Oh, so wow. he's still awaiting trial. Yeah. But... I don't know. He can rot in jail. For yeah. Stuff. Like, yeah. Like, um, I mean, it's pretty He's clear. very guilty. It's yeah. pretty clear I, I, that I'm he not did it. It's not looking good for him to be let go. But, yeah. you know, in this world, nothing it's surprises true. me anymore. Uh, <laughs> there's so much more I could talk about with this, like, horrible online internet culture of these horrible people. Right. Um, but I'm not going to do that anymore. That's um, fine. You just gave me the... Sometimes I just need the bare information. Yeah. That's what you gave me. So thank you. Yeah. Um, it's terrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're awful. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just wish there was, I don't know. I blame a lot of this on just the co bare concept of toxic masculinity because a lot of this started as boys who, because they're so young. Mm -hmm. They're all under 30. Yeah. I'm sure there are some over 30, but. I'm sure there are people who have gotten to age 30 and been like, well, this is a little ridiculous. Yeah. You know. It's boys who don't know how to process the fact that they feel sad and lonely. Yeah. 
And then because we don't prioritize mental health, exactly, especially not in men, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then they find these forums and they're radicalized to this horrible, hateful ideology. Right, it's true. It's just terrible. It's true. And it's dangerous. Yes, it's all those things. It's caused two big, scary murder things, and I'm sure there are more that I don't know about. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure there are more murders that we don't know were incel mm-hmm. motivated, but exactly. they were. I'm sure. <sighs> yeah. Makes my skin crawl. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, that was heavy, but thank you for telling me, because yeah. I didn't know, and now I know. I knew literally none of that. Like, nothing. I, I barely I mean, even knew what incel stood for. I knew what it stood for, but I only mostly heard it in the context of, like, uh, this is a Harry Potter thing, but, like, if there's a running joke that Snape is an incel, mm-hmm. um, but, like, literally I've only heard it as, like, men who become bad people because they liked a woman who wouldn't sleep with them. Right. So, in that context, I was like, yeah, Snape is an, is an incel, because he... Yeah. Like, his whole motivation for being mean to Harry is because his mom wouldn't date him. Right. But it's so much more than that. Yeah. No. Well, there's a lot I do more think that's it. valid, and I do think that that influences that. Right. I think there are things that fit the definition, but maybe not the, like, um, culture that's been yeah. created. Like, you can't define incel culture. Mm-hmm. So, something could fit the definition, but not be a part of that culture. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> a little afraid. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but it's good to know. I'd rather have the information and be afraid than yeah. not have the information and not know that it exists, yeah. right? Okay. Well, we're going to move on to something nice and lighthearted for the middle. Great. Can't wait. So I decided today, since it's the last episode that we're recording face-to-face, for a while mm-hmm. at least, um, that for the middle segment, I would take us a, a trip down memory lane. <gasps> Um, and we're going to have a little quiz and oh, I'm no. going to quiz you <laughs> and it's going to be about things that you have covered oh, on the podcast. No. I don't remember anything. I, these things go in my brain and immediately out in one ear. I think, I think you could do it. Okay. This ask is me, like, ask me anything about the Black Knight Satellite. Uh, <laughs> there are zero questions Dang about the it. Black Knight Satellite. There are 15 questions and then a bonus question that's really hard. Okay. The, but the rest of them I think you could do. Okay. Okay. What practice, question one, what practice does the law of three come from? Numerology. No. Oh. Super close. You've only covered so many practices. Um, astrology? Just because you said I was close. No. Uh, what practice? It's not veganism. I'm going to reform, uh, reform the question. What religious-ish oh, practice is Oh, my God. I feel from? so dumb now. I mean, I didn't cover, like, the religion of Islam, but I covered um, one of the holidays. It's not one of one of the Islam holidays. Dang it. I feel, I was like, I'm going to I feel like religious so isn't the right word. I feel like religious uh, might not be the right word. It's a religious... Pre- oh, is it, um... Oh, oh, is it Wicca? Wicca? Mm-hmm. It is Wicca. <laughs> I feel so dumb. Question two. One of how many babies born in the U.S. is a twin? It's like one in 50 or something. Close. One in 100? Lower. It was below 50. Oh, one in 40. Lower. One in 30. 30 yeah really remember we had the whole conversation being like does that mean we were like oh so it's two out of 60 <laughs> which means it's one out of 30 because we had this whole conversation about how that math worked out <laughs> okay question three 
what year did the revolution begin in the Philippines that would drive out the Spanish and then make way for the Americans? 18... Uh, no, 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 no. Way later than that. 1915. No. Before that. 18... Later. (laughs) 85. That was close. That was very close. 1896. (sighs) The follow-up easier question. My Well, my first thought was 1815, which makes no sense. And then I was like, no, it would definitely have been after the Civil War. No, the Spanish uh, controlled the Philippines for 350 years. Or 360 years. I'm exposing myself. It's okay. What year is the Filipino-American... Or, or sorry. What day of the year is (gasps) Filipino-American Friendship Day? I think I know this. Uh Is it July 4th? It is. Yes! (laughs) That's what we talked about last year. What is significant about Otzi the Iceman? Oh, oh Otzi, Otzi. Otzi. Yeah, he was the, uh, he's like the first known um, instance of tattoos that we have his That is correct. Record of. Yeah, he has tattoos. Very good. Which Goths sacked Rome in 410? The Visigoths. That is correct. <laughs> getting it, getting it. What are people who don't believe in Shakespeare called? Oh. <sighs> I love their name. I think it's really great. I remember talking about this. Fake Spears or something like that. (laughs) No, but that's even better. (laughs) Fake Spears. No, it's anti-something. Anti-bard. No. (laughs) (laughs) These are all even better. And I thought I liked the real one. No, the answer is anti-Stratfordian. Anti-Stratfordian. Such a good name. Wow. Such a good name. What was the name? How, did you listen to episodes? No, I went back in your notes. <gasps> I, like, just opened up notes and found a fact and made a question out of it. <gasps> but wow. I tried to find one that was, like, I thought was memorable. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. What was the name of the first English child born in the Americas, and where did she live? Oh, she was... She was from, um... That... Those people that disappeared, um... Yes, that's correct. <laughs> this... Um, Ro- she was born in Roanoke, mm-hmm. and her name was, like, she was the granddaughter of the guy. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she was the granddaughter of the guy. <laughs> what was his name? Uh, even if you just get her first name, her first name was is, it like, like, Elizabeth? No, it's super American Mary. name. No, where was she born? Virginia. Yes. Virginia, Virginia Dare! Virginia Dare, very good. <laughs> Virginia Dare. Okay, this has to do with the Mandela effect. Okay. True or false, Curious George has a tail. See, I want to say yes, but that makes me think it's false. <laughs> that is, is that your final answer? Yeah. Yes, that he. it is false. He does not have a tail. Him having a tail is a Mandela effect. That's the one that got me. Who started the trend of a stark white face paint and bright red lips? Queen Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Which one? The first? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, the, not the current one. <laughs> well, you don't know that. <laughs> There's been two. Yes, Queen Elizabeth the first. I talked about her? Yeah, we talked about red lipstick. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Which poet published A Vindication of Natural Diet? You talked about this in the vegetarianism episode or veganism episode. Uh, this was so recent. You know the poet, and I know that you know his wife. Oh, it was Mary Shelley's husband, yes. per- Percy Shelley. Yes, that is correct. 
We just talked about this. We'll see if you know this. What was the first masked crime fighter in a comic book? Batman. No, Superman, Superman. Oh my god. No. Uh are you sure? Mm-hmm. Oh the first masked one. Superman wasn't masked. I'm an idiot. Um <sighs> Love this name, so weird. <laughs> oh, is it like Plastic Man or um, um no. <laughs> it's the something. The The Mask. Um, no. Um some of them had such funny names. Yeah, this um, is one of the funny ones. It was like the gray concrete or something no. like that. <laughs> no, no. It was the clock. The clock. Which, was his powers time travel? I don't know. We didn't talk about that. <laughs> Should have gone into the clock. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Another episode <laughs> dedicated to the clock. <laughs> How do you get your life path number? I think that's you take all the letters in your name. No. It's not It's not one of the name ones. Okay, then you take all the numbers in your birthday, <laughs> yes. and you add them together, and then you take the digits in that number, and you add them together, yes. and you keep doing that until you get a single digit number. Yes, exactly. Good job. <laughs> all right, now we're going to talk about Kwanzaa. Name <laughs> one principle. There is seven oh, of no. Kwanzaa. Family? No. <laughs> Um, culture? No. No, those are, those are, those are the ones of Islam. You're doing a really good job. But this is Kwanzaa. Um, togetherness? <laughs> um, yeah, how would you say, give me a synonym of togetherness. Community. Another one. Um, connection. Community was closer. <laughs> um... If we all agree Homes. on something, we're in, in a core. No. <laughs> no. In okay, start, try a different principle. Love. No. Um, These are actionable celebrate. items. Oh no no no! Oh, community service. No. Like giving back. Um. No togetherness. What is another word for saying that we're all unity. together? Unity. Oh. <laughs> First one. The principles are unity, self-determination, collective work, cooperative economics, purpose, creativity, and faith. I don't remember this at all. (laughs) I was reading this. I was like, this is brand new information. And they were like telling us about the symbols. And I was like, I did not retain this whatsoever. I have to go back and listen to that again. I think it's because that was when I was doing the decade wrap up. And I was so like, Uh... I have so much information. (laughs) I just, it just went in one ear out the other. I'm going to re-listen to that episode. That's such a large topic I gave you. It took a whole decade. I did. I did did it in two parts, but I did. Okay, and finally, I thought this was... I had no idea this happened until I was going through our notes. Or your notes. Pythagoras has come up in three different episodes. (laughs) What are they? The veganism Mm -hmm. episode. Veganism, yep. Um... Numerology? Yes. Makes sense. Makes sense. <sighs> it's a conspiracy theory. The last one. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, hmm, hmm. <laughs> um, what was that thing called? The Denver airport? No. With the, um, <sighs> conspiracy. Conspiracies that I've covered. Mm-hmm. Flat earthers? That is correct. <laughs> he was the first person to pose that the earth could be spherical. Oh. 
Oh, good for him. An enemy of the flat earthers. <laughs> okay, your bonus question is really hard, but maybe you'll get it. Because we haven't talked about Bible verses a lot. Oh, no. <laughs> what does Leviticus 19.28 say you can't do? <laughs> like eat shellfish or something? No. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Have a tattoo? That is correct. Yeah! <laughs> Very good. Now you'll always know Leviticus 19.28. <laughs> but also... I then, in that same episode, I mean, go back and listen to it, but talk about how Christians then did get tattoos. To, you a, remember that? As a symbol of their faith. They got little crosses on their wrists. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were the first. You also wrote in your notes that I forgot, but refound interesting again, that the Christians were the first people to get tattoos despite um, a cultural standing against it. Mm. Or the Romans were. Um, whereas everyone else, they got tattoos because it was in honor of their culture. It's the first case of it being a counterculture. Movie, yeah. Which is super cool. That was a nice trip down memory lane. <laughs> you've talked that about... Was you've, fun. you've taught me so much, you know? Apparently I retained not as much of it. It's really hard. Like, I could tell you... What did we talk about last week? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, nothing. No, you I talked, talked about, about the Black like, Panthers. What did I talk about? You talked about... Pompeii? Yeah! <laughs> All right, you're I right. hate that I had to like guess that like yeah like, <laughs> like we I could trivia. I could still maybe only tell you two or three definitive things I'd say for each episode I've remembered two or three definitive facts like if someone went through and looked in an episode title and was like oh you talked about that tell me about it I'd be able to tell them two things except for <laughs> Nicholas Flamel because oh. we recorded that episode so many times I could tell you anything you want about Nicholas Flamel what's his wife's name um it's not Penelope. It's, um... I couldn't tell you if you're right or wrong. Oh, she so is you... a dope name. What is her name? That's why I thought of the question. Because I was like, I remember liking her name. Calliope. But it's not that. <laughs> Hold on. Nicholas. She's a very famous name. I can't believe I'm doing this after. I just was like, tell me anything. And now I'm like, ugh. <laughs> anything. Pernell. Pernell. Yes. Yeah. Such a cool name. Calliope. Calliope. No. I was like, that's not it. <laughs> um, But there were things, too, that I was like... We talked about that. We straight up talked about that. And yeah. I don't have any memory of it whatsoever. Like, Kwanzaa, again, <laughs> totally forgot. Ramadan, I was like, wow. Ramadan. We, we talked about that. I also had things that I was fully convinced that were my topic or your topic. Mm. And I opened them and I was like, no, I talked about this. Like, the moon landing conspiracy. I forgot that was me. Mm. Um, that was our little trip down memory lane of, what month is it? June? Uh 14, 15 months of podcast producing. <laughs> Doing a great job. So, onto a, a heavier topic. <sighs> I'm trying to keep this, like, very factual-based and, yeah. like, very much leaning towards the, like, systematic implications of this. I don't know. I, how many times would you say you learned about the Civil War in school? Because I'd say I learned it a good six times. Except every time they just mm -hmm. layered on more information. I definitely learned about it in, like, seventh grade. I mean, I feel like I knew it happened before yeah. then. Yeah. I feel and like I definitely I about it every year. talked about it in U.S. history in high school. Yeah. So at least twice, but okay. like, it's a known th thing. Like, okay. I know that we have like a small handful of listeners who aren't from America, but most of our listeners are from mm -hmm. America. So like, I'm going to really skim over a lot of stuff that mm -hmm. like is evident and is talked about a lot. Yeah. So if there are things that you're like, you just skip five years. Or, I'm not gonna. A whole thing took place over five years. <laughs> but like, if I skip some things, it's because it's like, and you know that, you know. Yeah. 
So if there's anything that you're like, I forget, just tell me. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. So the Confederate States of America was a government of 11 Southern states that seceded from the Union, which I don't know why we call America the Union only in this context. Like, it's not like people yeah. walking around are like the Union. Is it in the Pledge of Allegiance? Uh, there's that line in Hamilton where we they call it a republic, it. which it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't call it not in the Pledge of Allegiance. Okay, so I don't know why. I guess it's somewhere in the Constitution. Anyway, the Union between 1860 to 1861, uh, it was defeated in the spring of 1865 and disbanded. The, so the Confederacy, by the most liberal of estimates, only lasted about five years. Here is a list of things that are more a part of our history than the U.S. Confederacy that have lasted longer than five years. Dope. Love this. Most things. Okay. Mm -hmm. But to name a few, (laughs) Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. I love that show. New Coke, which famously failed, was still around for longer than the Confederacy. Oh. Disco. (laughs) Star Trek Voyager. (gasps) Yes. RuPaul's Drag Race has been around twice as long as the Confederacy. Good. Um, My Tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) The one on my back has <laughs> been around longer than the Confederacy. Barack Obama's presidency, mm-hmm. Barney, <gasps> the video game Skyrim, and many other video games. <laughs> Mario, to name one. Production on the Lord of the Ring trilogy, <laughs> even though that happened in New Zealand. Starbucks, mm-hmm. and Prohibition. <laughs> Again, this is just a sprinkling of things <laughs> that have lasted longer, and yet we don't have flags waving around. I mean, like, yeah. if I walk around with a Starbucks flag... Those aren't our heritage. That would just mean being, being like, I'm a capitalist. <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. So that's my statement on heritage. So South Carolina and Mississippi had called for a succession as early as 1850. At the time of the Civil War, the U.S. was pulled apart by cultural and economic differences with slavery really at the center of that conflict. And there were two, when they say cultural and economic, there was the ethical side of slavery that some Northerners were like, hey, that's bad. Mm -hmm. But then there was also the economic disparity of that slavery with the invention of factories was no longer perhaps the best means of production. Mm -hmm. So it was coming at them in in two uh, roads, you know. Yeah. By 1860, Southern politics were dominated by their desire to secure states' rights to continue slavery and support the South's agricultural economy. Sometime in the 1800s, I didn't write this down, they had banned slavery, they had banned slave ships. So no Mm. new slaves were being imported into the U.S. So they were relying on the slaves that already existed and their children for production. They could no longer import new people. So they were, in in an essence, falling behind the very productive North. Mm -hmm. Um, Meanwhile, the North also became increasingly industrialized and found inexpensive labor and European immigrants in the cities. Um, The North wanted the federal government to pay for internal improvements on industrial complexes like canals and railroads, things that didn't really exist in the South. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the time, high tariffs were the source of that federal income to build those things. These tariffs supported these industrial improvements in the North, but did not support the agricultural society of the South. So the Southerners were angry that they were being tariffed on things that were being built Mm -hmm. outside of their own states and did not support their specific economy. Um, but at the same time, politicians didn't want to approve things that would stimulate the agricultural economy because of slavery and because there was so much tension over whether or not the U.S. should have it, considering most other states, much other countries at the time had already abolished it. Yeah. 
The South feared that if slavery was not allowed in new territories acquired by the U.S., that it would lose all political power. Um, a reminder that the Missouri Compromise of 1820 drew the Mason-Dixon line, which dictated that slave states could only exist below Maryland and treated Missouri's admission, which was a slave state, into the Union for Maine's entrance without slaves. I'm taking a Maine history class right now online for my grad program, and I just, like, was recently discussing the Missouri Compromise, and yeah. I was like, that was awful! Yeah, and they actually did it multiple more times <sighs> with the entrance of different states. So, leading up to the Civil War, there was a six-decade struggle, because it started really in the 1800s, and 1800, to keep the number of slave states and free states even. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, Pennsylvania was the first state to abolish slavery. They had abolished it before the Revolutionary War. <gasps> I didn't know that. I learned that today. Oh. Around this time, a new political party, the Republicans, which I want to be clear about this, were the abolitionists. Yeah. Because it's going to get confusing, um, were emerging, and many of their most prominent members were radical abolitionists. From this party emerged presidential candidate Abraham Lincoln. But I want to be clear that Abraham Lincoln was not one of the radical abolitionists. Mm. But they were associated because of political party. Just like... You know, Elizabeth Warren is probably one of the more radical Democrats, but is still in the same political party as Joe Biden. (laughs) (laughs) So, but seeing Lincoln's success in the presidential election, the southern states promised to secede if he was elected. On December 20th, 1960, South Carolina seceded. They were followed immediately by Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, and Texas. On February 8th, 1861, about two months later, representatives from each state announced the formation of the Confederate States of America with a capital, an initial capital in Montgomery, Alabama, and a new constitution that was to be ratified. Jefferson Davis of Mississippi was chosen as their president. Abraham Lincoln, newly elected president, Mm -hmm. called for 75,000 volunteers to suppress rebellion in the South. This pushed Arkansas, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Virginia to also secede because of this quote-unquote threat. 48 counties of Western Virginia chose to not break off, and they formed the new Union-loyal state of West Virginia. Okay. That's how West Virginia was formed. When Virginia joined the Confederacy, the Confederacy's government was moved from Montgomery, Alabama, to Richmond, Virginia, which was specifically close to Washington, D.C., as seen as, like, a threat and Uh almost a, like, trying to one-up them. Their constitution was then adopted on March 11th, 1861. This... It was virtually the same document as the U.S. Constitution. In fact, parts of it are word for word. But it addressed the specific problems that the South had with the Constitution and amendments. For example, um, the president would only serve a single six-year term instead of four-year terms, which at the time were unlimited. He would also have the power of line-item veto that would allow him to edit and strike specific portions of a bill passed by Congress, but would still pass the bill overall. This was something that the Southerners were really struggling with because they would propose these laws and the president would find one thing in it that they didn't like. And so Mm. he'd veto the whole thing and it'd have to go through the process all over again. And this stopped that. So laws, in theory, would be passed quicker. The president's cabinets were also non-voting members of Congress. The Confederate government also could not levy protective tariffs and taxes on exports were restricted because they thought this would boost the economy. There was no Supreme Court established. I don't think that was because they didn't want a Supreme Court. I think it was just like 
not at the top of their priority list but also you have to keep in mind that the southerners really wanted a lot of state independence so they Mm -hmm. left a lot of stuff up to the state governments to decide um and most importantly states were permitted to maintain their own army something that is not allowed in the u.s (laughs) constitution Article 9, Section 4, prohibited any law, quote, denying or impairing the right of property in Negro slaves. Sections 1 and 2 prohibited, quote, the importation of Negroes of the African race from any foreign country other than the slaveholding states or territories of the United States of America. So they're saying states could, slaves could move in between Confederate states, but nowhere else and could come from nowhere else. Mm. And gave the Congress, gave Congress power to, quote, prohibit the introduction of slaves from any state not a member of or territory not belonging to this Confederacy. Article 4 granted the right of citizens to travel with their slaves and other property without risk of having the right of ownership impaired. This meant that no slave or other person held in service could maintain freedom by getting to a different state, which was legal under the U.S. Constitution at the time. Um, Any new territories that were acquired by the Confederacy were required to recognize slavery quote, as it now exists in the Confederate states because the Confederacy believed that they would be able to conquer and colonize Cuba and other Caribbean countries. Oh, I didn't know that. They are ambitious from the start. (laughs) By limiting the power of the central government, the founders of the Confederacy also indirectly inhibited its ability to go to war. States under the Constitution had the right to refuse their militia to the Confederate government. So when Lincoln first sent his troops down there, the states had the choice of being like, I don't want to fight. I just want to be in a new country. Mm. And that caused problems because the president was like, okay, but we're going to war. And they're like, well, that sounds like a you problem. (laughs) Um, They... uh, sometimes they would refuse if they felt their men were needed for defense at home so also was like well why should we go help you in virginia because what if they show up in alabama you know they they felt more allegiance to their state because that's what happens when you become a a state-powered government (laughs) (laughs) the constitution also restricted the government's ability to raise money because they were like we're not gonna impose any taxes which meant that the war was like severely underfunded Mm -hmm. davis predicted a long war and he requested legislation from congress that would allow three-year enlistments the military office uh, anticipated a short conflict they were like this is gonna be over in a minute And so they only granted the authority for one year of service. On March 9th, 1861, Davis called up to 7,700 volunteers from five states who joined volunteers in South Carolina. Um, By mid-April, 62,000 troops were raised and stationed on former Union bases in those states. On April 12th, 1861, following bickering over Lincoln's pledge to get supplies to troops at Fort Sumter, Confederate forces fired shot at the fired shots at the fort and the Union troop ended up surrendering, which sparked the official civil war. Mm-hmm. So the war did not start with the secession. It started with the battle at Fort Sumter. Mm-hmm. The first battle of Bull Run, although, okay, so Fort Sumter wasn't considered a battle because it was more just a siege. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first battle of Bull Run, also known as the Battle of Manassas, was the first major land battle of the American Civil War. It occurred on July 21st, 1861, and Union and Confederate armies clashed near Manassas Junction in Virginia. Um, they f- 
the rebels imi- began the fight on the defensive, but then they are able to break the Union right flank, which sent the federal the Union into a chaotic retreat back towards Washington, D.C., and this victory gave the South a new confidence and shocked a lot of people in the North who mm-hmm. realized that the Confederate Army might be stronger than they initially thought. Um, and that early victory really fueled their fire and they were like yeah we can do this and did initially encourage lots of people to enlist and join the war effort at the beginning of the civil Mm war um in march of 1861 the arizona territory had voted to join the confederacy but they were not approved as a territory as a territorial government until 1862 several battles took place within the arizona territory then over their participation in the confederacy and it ended up being split in half which is when the New Mexico Territory appeared and the New Mexico Territory became a part of the Union. Mm -hmm. Which, if you think about it, it's Arizona, New Mexico, Texas. (laughs) So New Mexico (laughs) is sitting, like, in between the two of them, which, like, wow. Hey. (laughs) That's tough. (laughs) Um, In February of 1862, Jefferson Davis was granted the authority to, to suspend habeas corpus. Do you know what that is? I didn't either. I've heard of it. I know. It's some of those things that people throw around and I'm like, should definitely know what that means. (laughs) It's the right, it's your right to be seen in a court. Oh. Um, And he declared martial law. So instead of you going to a court and being judged by a jury of your peers, um, the military is in charge of your sentencing or whatever, which gives the military essentially full control of the law. Briefly, one the brief one-year enlistment had caused problems because as the war dragged on, rates of volunteering and re-enlistment fell, especially as the Confederacy started losing more battles. Davis was forced to make military service mandatory for all able-bodied white males between 18 and 35 years old. Later exemptions were made for owners of 20 slaves or more because they were like, if you leave, then your slaves could run away. Oh, or you're leaving a very large plantation undefended, which is messed up there's a lot to unpack there yeah um however even with this forced enlistment union troops radically outnumbered the confederate troops it's important to remember at the time the civil war started the population of this north was 12 million which can you believe 140 years ago the u.s population in total was 21 million people and now it's 330 million that freaked me out um the population of the north was 12 million the population itself was 9 million so it was already a smaller and i think i think but i'm not positive that included slaves okay i'm not sure about that be fighting voluntarily right exactly and who were not drafted the draft caused a deficit in civilian manpower to police the slave population um states would create separate courts to try slaves because of what this article called elevated disobedience levels. I'm like, you mean they tried to free themselves? <laughs> um, people became really paranoid. Um, and so the answer became, let's conscript the slaves into military service. Now, some slaves um, in... I was just read the play Father Comes Home from the Wars by Susan Laurie Park, which I love. It's such a good play. And in the play, it's about um, a male slave uh, in Texas. And in the in the play, his master offers him his freedom in exchange for Confederacy service. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that was not common, but it definitely did happen. So some black men were already serving as the servants of their masters mm-hmm. um, and as like kind of fighter, but they weren't considered 
part of the troops. They wouldn't have been counted in those numbers. Yeah. So out of necessity, the Confederacy employed both free and enslaved blacks at a higher rate at the end and middle of the war, using black people to support the troops with, like, services and by working in hospitals as nurses and orderlies. But again, they weren't, like, on the front lines. They did not consider them worthy of fighting. So as the war dragged on, some troops decided to go into the countryside and rob civilians. Um, there was a lot of civil unrest in the South. The Because there was martial law, the troops kind of just ran rogue and they would take over. Very similar to how the British who were occupying America during the Revolutionary War were treating mm-hmm. civilians then. They were doing it within the South. On January 1st, 1863, Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, which freed the slaves in the areas of the country that, quote, shall be then in rebellion against the United States. Um, It was specifically targeted to free the people in the Confederacy. Mm -hmm. The The Emancipation Proclamation laid the groundwork for the eventual freedom of slaves across the country at the end of the war. During this time, the Confederacy had a lot of economic problems. Um, They were unable to keep up with the production boom in the industrialized North, and the North was at a much easier time exporting and finding trade partners across the sea than the Confederacy did um, because they had already had established relationships with them, and the Confederacy Mm -hmm. didn't know how to offer that to them. And also, again, a lot of them were like, no, I will not trade with you. You are in favor of slavery, and we've already said that's wrong. Yeah. And so they were able, incapable of overcoming the export limitations that were brought on by war. In an effort to gather fresh supplies and relieve the pressure on the Confederate garrison at Vicksburg, Mississippi, Confederate Robert E. Lee launched a daring invasion of the North in the summer of 1863. Um, he was defeated by Union General George G. Meade in a three-day battle near Gettysburg, Pennsylvania that left nearly 51,000 men killed, wounded, or missing in action. This is the bloodiest day of war. Mm-hmm. The concept of drafting and arming slaves was a reoccurring issue throughout the Confederacy's existence, and it also, it almost became a reality just before the fall of the rebel nation. And I'm talking about drafting them as military men, not drafting them as servants. Mm-hmm. In the final session of the Confederate Congress in 1865, Jefferson Davis proposed the federal government purchase 40,000 slaves for military work and followed with some form of emancipation so that it would again be like you serve for us and then at the end you will be emancipated um in march congress voted to arm the slaves but uh ratified it and said no emancipation mm-hmm. general order 14 resulted and that would immediately give freedom to slaves who served in the military so in the end they were like the president to president davis was like no we have to offer them freedom otherwise they won't do it and so recruiting and training black soldiers began would tell them something (laughs) yeah i know began immediately but on april 2nd 1865 only three weeks later the capital in richmond virginia fell to union forces president davis and his cabinet fled with the treasury he intended to reestablish the government west of the mississippi but on may 10th he was captured near irwinville irwinville georgia and he was thereby Mm -hmm. arrested which i'm pretty sure i read he spent only like two years in jail or something like that he had like a a suspiciously short sentence it is important to know that 12 days later abraham lincoln was fatally shot Mm -hmm. to wrap this up that's like the end of the confederacy pretty much as soon as he was captured the confederacy completely fell apart and they all were like all right (laughs) and it was over and all the all the slaves were freed in theory yeah (laughs) freed on paper you know but to wrap this up, I want to discuss the Confederate flag. So the Confederate 
battle flag was not, in fact, the, quote, Confederate flag and was not known as, quote, the stars and bars, which is what we always see around. Many Confederate units served under battle flags that looked nothing like the red flag with the star-studded blue cross, um, which was the official Confederate flag. The flag as we know it was not born as a symbol, but as a very practical banner. The commanders of the Confederate Army in Virginia, then known as the Army of the Potomac, sought a distinctive emblem as an alternative to the Confederacy's first national flag, the Stars and Bars. Stars and Bars looks so much like the U.S. flag. And so uh. it got really confusing <laughs> when they were fighting. And also, they had the same uniforms. <laughs> So they were all like, we have no idea what's going on. And there was a lot of confusion and a lot of killing the wrong people or killing the other side. Exactly. The Stars and Bars um, had been adopted by the Confederate Congress in March 1861, um, but it was proved impractical. And so many years later, in May of 1863, they adapted the flag of the Army of the Potomac. Um, The ANV battle flag became the logo of the United Confederate Veterans and later the Sons of Confederate Veterans. Uh, the flag, the actual Confederate flag is the very small, what what we now consider the Confederate flag on a large white flag. It's in the corner. Okay. So it's not that full, the, that full thing is not the actual flag. Yeah. I've, I don't have anything else to add about that. I just wanted you to know. <laughs> I thought you should know that. It's not the full thing. We don't see the full thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the explicit use of the Confederate flag as a symbol of segregation became more widespread and more violent um, in the 1960s after the U.S. Supreme Court's Brown versus Board decision. Mm-hmm. Board of Education. <laughs> um, Southern states resisting federally mandated integration incorporated the flag into their official symbolism. Today, the flag is also used um, in other means to convey hate towards black people Absolutely. and people of color um, and those organizations. So, again, going back to what I said before, it's like, the there's this whole... I've got, I came up with so many articles that was like, heritage or hate? I was like, it's hate! <laughs> like, yeah. It's not a question. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? And it also drives me nuts that, like, there are people in Pennsylvania walking around with their, like, Confederate flag license plates, and I'm like, okay, well, you know Pennsylvania was in the Union, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So that also makes me angry, but it's like, there are so many people that are like, well, we're just trying to honor, like our southern ancestors it's like oh, we'll find some other way yeah you know? like also I'm why sure are those you, ancestors why? maybe did something else other than that four-year period and also it's like why would you want to honor that your ancestors own slaves yeah. it's horrible like you can't sit there and be like well i'm not racist i'm just trying to honor my ancestors you're trying to honor yeah. your racist ancestors who enslaved people yeah that doesn't like you're not gonna walk around like if you if if you came over to America from Germany and your <laughs> grandfather was a Nazi, you would not tell anybody. You know? No, no you wouldn't. Like, I'm, so that's that, that makes me really angry. Yeah. Um, that's really what I have to say yeah. about that. Thank you. You're welcome. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. (laughs) We're now past it, but, like, I hope everybody did something productive for Juneteenth. Yeah. I read, or I saw, I don't know, I saw it in a TikTok, so I don't know how (laughs) how credible it is, but I saw a TikTok that was basically talking about the history of the Confederate flag and its different, like, looks that it went through, Mm -hmm. and it was talking about how the 
one that you were talking about that's like the little confederate flag in the corner of a big white flag Mm -hmm. they used that and they tried it in battle but the other side thought they were surrendering Mm -hmm. (laughs) so they were like oh no 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 no. we misthought me (laughs) but they wanted the big white because again because of the racist like intentions they were like we want something to show how pure and white we are exactly but it was also really impractical because it would get really dirty really quickly (laughs) right right exactly Oh, boy. No, no good planning went into What that. I wanted to prove with this episode is that the Confederacy was very poorly thought out, fundamentally flawed, without even getting into the whole racist element yeah. of it. You know, like, it was not... I think people in memory think of it as this, like, great stance for justice and, like, taking a stance against, like, corrupt federalists or whatever. But that's yeah. not what it was. Yeah. It was, like, it would have failed. Mm-hmm. If it had it continued, it would have failed. It was not set up for success. It was not well planned. It mm-hmm. only further proved that they needed more help from the federal government than they yeah. met. You know, and there are flaw. There were flaws in the system at the time. I'm not saying that the North was doing it perfectly. Like there were flaws that the federal government was passing laws that benefited directly the people in the North and not the South. That is an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but that's what the checks and balances are for. <laughs> yeah. And that is why states cannot raise their own militias, because they would all <laughs> refuse to participate. So that's your lesson there. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at YKWIBW Podcast. You can check out our website, I've been wondering.com. If you like what you're hearing, you can donate to us on the link directly in the bio of this episode, or consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. And finally, if you have something that you've been wondering, you can email us at I've been wondering podcast at gmail.com. Jane, you know what I've been wondering? What have you been wondering, Sarah? <laughs> I was like, did she even hear me ask that question? <laughs> um, I've been wondering about the history of the NRA. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it's its role in uh, in, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> In life. (laughs) Sound good? Yes. I mean, it probably sounds terrible, but (laughs) you know what I mean. Yes, yes, I do know what you mean. Okay. Sarah. (laughs) Yes. Do you know what I've been wondering? What? I've been wondering about the Yakuza. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) I don't know much about them, but I heard a little bit about them recently and... You talked about them. You mentioned them in one of your episodes. They came up when I was looking up the notes about tattoos. Oh. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. It all comes flooding back. Yep. Yakuza. I'm ready. (laughs) I probably shouldn't yell that. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. All right. That's what's coming at you next week. Thank you so much for listening. This is You Know What I've Been Wondering.